Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the BizCast. I'm Shannon King. A few weeks ago, I talked to Alan Ortner, president of Soroy's Tool, located in Berlin. On LinkedIn, I found a story that Alan had posted congratulating the company's latest apprenticeship graduate. That apprentice is Ray, who also joined us for this episode. In July, Ray completed his 8,000 hours of training and is officially a toolmaker after working part-time at Soroy's for the past four years. I asked Ray about his experience working on the job as he received his training and what advice he would give to other young adults who are interested in a manufacturing career. Not only that, Alan told me why fostering apprentices and on-the-job training opportunities is one of the biggest returns on investment for his business. This is a critical conversation about workforce development in the manufacturing industry, which, even during the pandemic, remained a top priority for employers. If you like this conversation, please rate, review, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, here's my conversation with Alan and Ray. Gentlemen, it's really nice to have you both here this morning. So um, the reason I reached out to you at Soroy's Tool was to talk about one of your employees, Ray, who we have with us today, to talk about his recent completion of the apprenticeship program. So Alan, do you want to uh, start off by telling us about Ray and his recent uh, completion of the program? Well, sure. In fact, I'll go back a little further than that, and I'll say that we have uh, Ray is our, our fourth apprentice we've graduated since we started doing this in 2011. Uh, all of those apprentices, including Ray, uh, came from Vinyl Tech, uh, the state trade school uh, in uh, in Middletown, and so they had a great background uh, and education from uh, from that school system. And they come in here and they get credit for quite a few hours. Um, Ray, like I believe, uh, not all of the others, most of the others, um, uh, actually started working here uh, before he graduated on the work-based learning program. And so he was building hours uh, while he was still in school and uh, and then continued that while uh, while he was here. And uh, Ray is on a toolmaker or just completed his toolmaker apprenticeship program. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I was actually going to ask um, what he got his apprenticeship in, so toolmaking. Um, so, Ray, if I could ask you, um, how long did it take you to complete the apprenticeship program? Um, the apprenticeship program, it took me about three and a half years to complete. It's an 8,000-hour course. So, I, was, it's either, I think it's either um, it's the 8,000 hours or four years. And I completed it before the four years because I was working overtime and everything. So I was able to get it done a little bit quicker, which was nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's like graduating early. So right. <laughs> so I want to ask you, uh, I mean, how, how was the program? How has it been being able to work on the job, but also get your training at the same time, you know, especially with when you get your college degree? you know, it's good to get internship experience, but you never really get actual on-the-job experience in college. It's tough to do, but you've been able to do that with your apprenticeship program. So how was it being able to work and learn at the same time? You know, I definitely think having the apprenticeship helps being able to do on-the-job work because, you know, you can learn everything on like paper, but when you do it hands-on, you know, it kind of all, like, ties in and connects. And, you know, you can learn a lot quicker. You cannot, you know, you understand it a lot better. It makes it a lot easier. And 
you know, I, I honestly think you get more from it than if you just, you know, were reading through books and not really doing hands-on stuff. So you definitely have the advantage of being able to do both and completing it. It definitely helps for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ray, can I ask you how old, old you are? I'm 21. Oh my gosh. So that was basically your, so you came right out of high school and that was sort of your quote unquote college experience. Was you, did you go right into this program? Did you immediately start on the job training right after high school? I actually started when I was a senior in high school. So I was actually, we have work-based learning. So we were actually, when we were in shop, as long as your grades were good and you're staying up with everything, um, you were allowed to leave school and go to work during the day. So that's what I ended up doing my senior year. So they put me on the uh, apprenticeship program actually at when I was a senior as a pre-apprentice. And then when I graduated, I went on to the apprenticeship program. And uh, that's how I, so I was doing that before I was in, even out of high school, I started it, which is why I was able to finish it a little earlier and at such a young age. Yeah, absolutely. That's really awesome. Did you always know that you wanted to go into tool making? I didn't, I didn't know that I wanted to really go into it until I was like in about, I think I was in fifth grade, I believe. My, because my great grandfather was a machinist. My uncle did a little bit of machining work. So did uh, my grandfather. So I was always around it. I didn't know much about it, but I knew what it was. But I knew from like fifth grade that I wanted to go to a tech school and machining was always like one of my top on my list. So I, uh, so I went in and I, I went in with an open mind. I went through exploratory. So I went through all the shops, but I, I honestly just fell in love with machining and I just had, you know, I was just good at it right off the bat. So that's what I stuck with. And here I am still, you know, working at a great shop and making a good living and enjoying life. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like it. So, Alan, if I can bring you back in. So you also mentioned to me uh, before we started recording that Ray's brother is also completing his apprenticeship. But you also mentioned that apprenticeships are not the only way to learn a skilled trade. So can you talk about on-the-job training opportunities and the importance of that as well as apprenticeships for manufacturers? Sure. So yes, I, I mentioned we've we've graduated other apprentices here, and they've all started out by being in that manufacturing technology program at uh, at Vinyl Tech, like um, like Ray did, and his brother did. His brother's a couple of years behind him, but um, he's actually in a um, uh, a shorter apprenticeship. He's in a six thousand hour um, uh, CNC machining uh, apprenticeship. So he'll be he'll actually be graduating uh, later this year. Uh, from that program. And then we have another apprentice, uh, Ian, who is um, in our toolmaker apprenticeship program, and he'll be graduating sometime next year. Um, so those, those have all been great. And they were, they've all, they've all started with, with the manufacturing technology program at Vinyl Tech, but it's not the only way somebody can start as you, as you said, as we discussed earlier. Um, so we've, we've had, um, recently had hired somebody who came through the Goodwin University's manufacturing program. He came and actually applied for the job while he was still in that, that one-year program at uh, Goodwin University. And uh, we hired him as soon as he graduated. And um, he's, uh, he's here working. Um, now, he didn't, he w- didn't ask to be on a, a formal apprenticeship with the state. He just wanted to hit the ground running and, and go to work. And, uh, and he did. And uh, he's actually 
already advancing here that in he's been doing some programming and stuff and uh and and doing that we also hired another young man who um who actually came here initially we we had an outside cleaning contractor that we weren't happy with anymore so we decided we would hire somebody in-house an employee to do cleaning that way we they're not just cleaning the office areas but um able to clean machines or whatever and we hired this young man to to do that um, and it was just supposed to be a part-time job, but he was very interested in what we were doing here, even though he had no background in it. And so, uh, after he finished cleaning for the day, if there was something we could have him do, we let him work and, um, uh, you know, run some machines and he just really became interested in it, started taking online courses and, uh, we eventually hired somebody else to do the cleaning and he works full-time now in our surface grinding department. Again, not a formal apprentice program, but on the job training. And he's getting it from some of the most skilled people in the company. That's really incredible. That's a really incredible story um, to have someone young come in and start cleaning of all things and then to move up and to start, you know, start working on the products. Um, actually, let me go back a little bit. <laughs> I should have asked this at the beginning, but um, what does Soroy's Tool produce and what what do you make at Soroy's Tool? We make um, tooling, fixtures, gauges. Those are things that are used by other manufacturers to make their product. So, um, uh, well, just use a popular one around here. Pratt Whitney needs a tool for assembling a certain part of the engine. They'll design that tool send us the drawing to quote and then hopefully we get order and we get to make it for them but it could, it could be them we do a lot of work with bearing manufacturers there used to be a lot of them up here in connecticut and that's how we got our start but most of them are are down south or up in the midwest now but we still have they're still our customers so where they're they're making um ball bearings whether they're grinding them or assembling them or whatever they need tools and they need gauges to check to make sure that they're in tolerance and everything um to do that we build th- that kind of stuff again they design it and send us the drawings and we build it. The other part of our business um, is we we specialize in very low volume precision parts. So c- complex parts, there's you know manufacturers out there that if you need 5,000 or 50,000, they, they love that kind of work. We, we don't touch that work. We, if you need five or 50, that's what we like to do. And it, it needs to be complex parts, not something simple, um, you know, that can be, uh, be done by anybody. I mean, we, we have advanced technology equipment to be able to do tighter tolerance, more complex, uh, low volume parts. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so going back to what you were talking about before, um, about all these, uh, incredible young people that have come into the shop and have, uh, done their training and their apprenticeships, has Soroy's Tool always had apprentices um, and on-the-job training, or is this a new initiative for your business? And what ROI have you seen um, with bringing in these young people, uh, in whether they're completing their apprenticeships or um, just on-the-job training? Well, um, we've always done on-the-job training. Uh, back in before I was an owner here at Soroy's Tool, back in the seventies um, uh, and and maybe even into the eighties, they they there was some actual apprentices through the state uh, state program at that time. But then that kind of went away, and I got involved and got it restarted in two thousand eleven um, when we we hired our first uh, student out of vinyl tech that we put into the apprenticeship program. 
Um, but we've always done on-the-job training. I mean, that's uh, pe- there's a, a whole history of, of people who um, came to this company w- with no no background at all in machining and and, and you know and learned either all all around education or learned a special task and and specialized in that task uh, for years. In fact, there's quite a few people from those early days who then turned around and opened up their own shops, left and opened up their own uh, shops and, uh, and did the same thing. So um, there's quite a bit of history of, of the training. Great. So it's built into the culture of the business, Yes, you would say. That's really great. Yes. And, and, you know, I think, I mean, we're not alone in this. I know that there's a lot of other companies around here that they're doing the same thing because we're all in the same boat. We have, we have had, was quite a bit of an aging workforce um, and still do to some extent, but I think we're really beginning to replace it. Our average age of the, the employees is going down because we're, doing these programs with these younger, younger people. But, you know, there was a time here when you, when you would have walked through Sir Royce Tool and you wouldn't have found anybody under 50 years old in the building, um, you know, and, uh, you know, that's certainly no longer the case. Yeah, certainly. I mean, we've heard that from many, many of our members and other manufacturers across the state. Um, it is not a unique problem. Along those lines, what advice would you give to other manufacturers that are looking for young talent to bring into their facilities? I mean, has it been easy for you to find this talent or does something need to be improved to help um, funnel this talent into manufacturers? Well, I think I think the state needs to continue to invest in programs like um, the, the trade schools, uh, like Vinyl Tech and Goodwin Tech in New Britain, um, and there's what are seven or eight of them around the state. I, I think those programs need because those those programs are generating students like Ray who come out of that program with a really good basic knowledge of machining. And they, and they usually have a pretty good idea of what part of it they like. And, you know, so they're coming into it with, with, with a great, great background. And um, I think, you know, I, I wish we, I wish we could get more students through those programs. It's like quite often they're limited by, uh, you know, what they're allowed to have for a class size. I believe at Vinyl Tech and the manufacturing technology, they can only graduate 12 students a year. So, um, it'd be great if we could double that and, and get that many more. And um, I'm sure if you talk to anybody at Vinyl Tech in that program or at Goodwin Tech or the, any of the other tech schools, they'll tell you that they place every single one of their students every year because there's plenty of companies um, looking to hire. When they do uh, a career night at, at Vinyl Tech, um, Lee Company from Westbrook is there. Hobson and Matzer from Durham is there. We're there, and there's usually two or three other companies there. And they're all, these are all companies that are looking to hire their graduates. Um, so, um, you know, as far as to tell other companies, I mean, you know, if you're in if you're in machining and you're looking to hire talent, the, those programs have have a great pool of talent uh, that uh, you can hire from. I also believe this program that Goodwin University started up a few years ago, where with their manufacturing program, I think it's a fantastic program too. Um, as I mentioned, we hired one student from, that graduated from that program last year. Um, uh, my own nephew is in that program right now, um, uh, learning the trade and, you know, and, and hoping to graduate. And one of the things, you know, Ray mentioned is how much faster you learn when you're able to be on the machines. And that's one of the tough things about our current, uh, the 
pan- pandemic, uh, you want to call it, um, the students like my nephew who are in that pro- program at Goodwin University right now are very limited on how much time they can actually get in the classroom uh, or in the shop part of the, the classroom uh, on the machines because of uh, the pandemic. So that's a little disappointing right now, but hopefully that'll be over soon and uh, um, and, and they'll get that training. Yeah, absolutely. Ray, if I could bring you back in, um, what advice would you give to people your age or even younger than you about going into manufacturing and going into apprenticeship programs? I, you know, I definitely tell them if, if they're not sure about it, I'll definitely, you know, I, I have friends that were interested in it because of me and what I told them I do and showed them. And they got interested in it, and I, I told them to go for it. I was like, if you don't like it, you know, you don't have to be stuck with it and do it. But I was like, it's definitely worth a shot because if you enjoy it and you like it, I was like, you will have a job, you know, as soon as you're done with the, with, uh, the training. I was like, because there's just so much work in our trade right now and not enough people really getting into it. So it's, it's a really good trade, and um, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's um, it sounds like, um, you know, not certainly not enough young people are getting into manufacturing, but, um, you know, we hear stories like this. So there are there are young people going into manufacturing. Um, Are there any misconceptions or misperceptions that you thought of or that your friends have thought of about manufacturing that are just not true at all? Yeah, actually, like, you know, like people call them like used to call machine shops like factories and everything and it kind of put like a mindset in everybody that there's like nasty and dirty and like you know dangerous but it's the complete opposite you know like everything is really spotless really clean because it has to be with the tolerances we hold for parts you know like say your hair you know if that's underneath something and you're trying to machine a part it's out of tolerance because you know, everything's got to be really spotless. Everything's clean, you know. And so that's, like, one of the biggest things where I think people get turned away from is because they just have that as their mindset without really, you know, looking into it and seeing what the machine shops are like nowadays. So I think that's one of the biggest things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Shannon. Oh, yeah, go ahead. If I could add to that. Um you know, I think that is one of the things I try to I try to uh, tell uh, the students when they're you know when they're still deciding which trade to go into, like at at, um, um, at the trade schools. You know, it's working with your hands, but unlike uh, other jobs, working with your hands, where it's auto mechanics or auto body or or being an electrician or a plumber, um, they work. People like Ray work with their hands in a heated and air conditioned, clean environment you know uh you know that type of thing and uh you know we need electricians and plumbers too but but you know this is a trade where you you get to work with your hands you get to do creative things different things every day uh and you do it in a in a pretty comfortable environment (laughs) oh yeah certainly i mean that's definitely (laughs) important um well, if I can ask one last question um, before we wrap up, uh, how has business been during the pandemic? Um, has it slowed down? Has it stayed the same? Um, just how how have you guys been doing? It definitely slowed down. Um, we were we were good through the end of March, um, shipping like we were doing the last couple of years, and then uh, then there was a, a, at least about a twenty five percent drop. 
um, for April, May, and it's starting to slowly come back. Um, but, uh, we, uh, you know, we have some good customers that just keep enough work flowing to us. We don't have the kind of backlog that we, we had, uh, back before March, but, uh, we have enough work that we've kept everybody working, um, a little less overtime now, but, uh, um, you know, we do, we'll only work overtime right now if it's necessary to get a job out to a customer on time. Uh, you know, and otherwise we're, um, we're, we're keeping busy with it. So, um, it is starting to improve. We're, we're definitely seeing a lot more quoting activity and, um, new orders coming in. So, um, I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, we're, um, back on the, on the right track. Yeah, certainly. It sounds like uh, things are starting to turn the corner um, just with all the other manufacturers that I've spoken to. Uh, things are starting to pick up, which is really great to hear. So, uh, gentlemen, Alan, Ray, thank you so, so much for talking with me today. Um, Ray, congratulations. Uh, can't wait to hear what you're going to do next. Um, and Alan, thank you so much for talking about um this really important issue of workforce development, particularly in manufacturing in Connecticut. Um, it's just so critical right now, uh, especially during this time. So thank you so much, gentlemen. And I, and I uh, hope to meet you in person soon. Okay. Thank you, Shannon. For the latest COVID-19 information, visit CBIA.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there.